So oftentimes apps just focus on movement or on attrition, um, but they never combine each other. And also most of the recommendations or the programs that you're enrolled in, you just enroll in the same program as everyone else is also doing. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Healthy Dose podcast, where we explore the health and wellness industry with leaders on the forefront of innovation. I'm your host, Dalton Main, and with me today is Philip Waltz. Philip is a software engineer and the chief technical officer of Uncode. Our discussion today revolves entirely around Uncode, which is an application that provides a smarter, easier, more effective solution to health and wellness. Uncode combines AI technology with research-backed approaches to health that provide you with a one-stop app for all things health and wellness. In this conversation, Philip and I get into why Uncode has a holistic approach and how they're able to use their AI technology to still provide specific suggestions for your nutrition, sleep, and fitness needs. We get into what holders of their NFT will be getting, including partial ownership shares, early access to the application, and more. The people over at Uncode are doing something truly innovative, and I'm just glad we're able to secure a conversation with them as they're taking off. You can find Philip on Twitter at WaltzPH, that's W-A-L-Z-P-H, and you can also find Uncode on Twitter at Uncode underscore AI, that's U-N-C-O-D-E underscore A-I. Links will be in the show notes along with the website to Uncode. And with that, here's my conversation with Philip from Uncode. This episode is brought to you by Momentus. Momentus specializes in sports nutrition products that are designed to optimize your active life. They're trusted by experts like Dr. Andrew Huberman, Dr. Kelly Sturette, and over 150 professional and collegiate sports teams. Momentus takes pride in having the highest quality ingredients that are backed by rock-solid science. If you're still questioning their track record, just know that over 72% of NFL teams consistently purchase product from Momentus for their athletes. When you're ready to grab some of the highest quality products on the market, go to livemomentous.com, spelled out, that's L-I-V-E-M-O-M-E-N-T-O-U-S.com, and use the code DOSE, D-O-S-E, at checkout to get 15% off. Again, that's livemomentous.com. Use the code DOSE at checkout to get 15% off your entire purchase. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Let me tell you, the pandemic was a strange time filled with anxiety and confusion for a lot of us. For me, being cooped up in my house and having to work with COVID patients made me an anxious mess at times. I didn't feel like I had anywhere to go, so I looked into virtual therapy and I found BetterHelp. They partnered me up with a therapist that fit my needs, and we worked through my struggles all in the comfort of my own home. So it's time to crush the stigma around getting help. And if you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, today's sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network, that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with the therapist in under 48 hours. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. You can request a new therapist at no additional charge anytime. So join the 3 million-plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Right now, you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Dalton. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Dalton, D-A-L-T-O-N. 
So go get some help, people. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right. Philip, thanks for joining me, man. I appreciate you. And uh, in this experiment with running the podcast live on, on Twitter. So for everybody listening on Twitter, we'll do, we'll run through the podcast and just, you know, at, at the end of this, we'll kind of field some questions. I've got some questions that I've got from, from my followers and other, other people in the, in the audience that I'll, I'll kind of ask along the way. But first things first, Philip, I would love if you could just give us a rundown, kind of like the brief elevator pitch of what Uncode is. Yeah, sure. So first of all, uh, thanks for having me here. Um, my name is Philip. I am CTO of Uncode. And uh, so we are building Uncode as a Web3 powered health ecosystem. And uh, with Uncode, we want to shape the future of personalized health, of fitness and uh, well-being in general. So we built an AI-based assistant, um, which, which, which we deliver courses and recommendations and also other data-driven insights. Um, all of them are based around nutrition, movement, mental health, and other well-being areas. Um, currently, we are launching or we're preparing everything for our NFT Mint next week on Friday. And um, from then, the journey will kickstart into new realms. So we have already been uh, working on Uncode for a year. Um, we are already past pre-seed and, um, yeah, now it gets interesting. Beautiful. Now, and I would love to jump into the NFT stuff a little bit, a little bit later. I'm interested. Could you, can yeah, you talk sure. a little bit more about, talk a little bit more about what that, the pre-seed was and when that was? Um, so it was, uh, 11 months ago. And, uh, so we found it uncode initially, uh, as three persons. So it was um, myself, Jonah, and Andy. Um, Andy is our CEO, CEO, Jonah is the COO, and I am the CTO. So we previously um, worked on other startup projects as well um, in the fitness domain um, and yeah, marketing, online marketing domain. And um, so we came up with the idea of Uncode because we, um, we are all into fitness and health and how to self-improve. And um, we just figured out that uh, there's not a solution that is combining the aspects that we would like to see in a health or in a fitness application. Um, so oftentimes apps just focus on movement or on nutrition, um, but they never combine each other. And also most of the recommendations or the programs that you're enrolled in, you just enroll in the same program as everyone else is also doing. And um, so we thought we can actually get a lot of data already um, with fitness trackers, with the progress that you are making with your, what are your goals? What is your preconditions? Um, a lot of feedback formulas could be put out to kind of uh, find out where you're positioning, where you are positioned and um, then adjust all of those programs together. Um, because as Dalton, you also know, um, Nutrition is basically the foundation for future um, progress. And um, if you kind of uh, yeah, neglect that and just start with uh, pumping and um, trying to gain uh, more muscles, for example, um, sooner or later, you, um, yeah, it will turn out uh, not, not good. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think yeah. that's something that, that's something that I'm really passionate about is trying to bring in, 
you know, not just depending on what your health goal is, not just focusing on nutrition specifically or exercise specifically, but trying to bring in that holistic approach that I know you guys are involved in. So, yes, yes. Yeah. So how, how complicated is that to bring all of that into this system and you know, who's, who are the, the people or where's the data coming from for these each individual yeah. uh, pathways that you guys are forming. And if you can just speak on those pathways a little bit. Yeah, sure. So, um, because you asked about complexity. So from my perspective as the CTO, um, one of the complexities are, um, mapping or creating a framework that will um, be able to adjust and is flexible enough to cover all of the different aspects that we want to put in such a system. And um, on the other side, there's the complexity of the concept or the program or the course or whatever you, you name it um, itself. Um, so the one domain is creating this environment, uh, this ecosystem where we can handle those aspects. And the other part is then um, yeah, filling it with life, basically. Um, so we came up with an approach that we call yeah, the data-driven holistic approach, basically. And um, so it's our um, technology that allows us to draw in data points and to connect them with event triggers. And those event triggers, they can then, for example, put you into this course or another course or it can give you a recommendation, a push notification, for example, or basically any other form of interaction that you could have with, with the assistant. And, um, but the, the foundation, because you were asking about complexity and the holistic approach and how do we kind of combine all of these aspects, um, the holistic approach um, is what we worked out together with our health professionals who have been um, coaching and guiding clients um, yeah, over multiple years and had their own, um, yeah, expect um, experiences with them and building a system for them. And, um, most of the time they sit down with clients and they ask them questions. They go through a list of, um, of preconditions that they kind of want to get to know better. And, um, then they put them into different courses or they find out, okay, maybe he has a problem with, with gut health and that is limiting him from um, advancing any further. Um, and we kind of went over that and all of this was coincidentally a conversation. So because the innate nature of um, those health professionals who work with clients is through a conversation. And um, that's why we then spin up this kind of uh, flow system or what you call pathway um, where we just program all of the things that you can go through with a client um, in a conversation um, that you can map that out into a data structure. And that sounds a little bit <laughs> too professional, maybe. It's quite, quite easy. It's just a, a list of questions that you would ask, and then you have if or else branches that uh, go apart. And if someone is answering that he is uh, whatever, um, drinking only 500 milliliters of water, I have no idea how much fluid ounces that would be, but, um, yeah, no clue. Um, then we would know, okay. Um, maybe we ask a few more questions to those, uh, habits and might also find out, okay. Um, maybe he should pay more attention on hydration. Um, or if that is, for example, um, 
someone who is pre um, predominantly just drinking soft drinks or whatever, um, and that turns on in a conversation. As a human, you know um, what to do with that information. Um, if we want to put that in a program, we have to uh, set the rules of um, what branches can evolve from that. I think um, that should be understandable to that perspective. Um, however, everything that um, is an uncode flow in that means, um, which I always compare with a conversation, um, that is completely rule-based. Um, so it is pre-designed by professionals who, who know what the program does and why it is doing everything, um, which also links to kind of the fear of the AI that uh, some people have in that domain, um, and which we also try to address in multiple cases because um, we are positioning ourselves as an AI company, but uh, for a lot of people, there are yeah, common misconceptions about what an AI is because yeah, they, they think of it as a mysterious thing that uh, you just fill it with data and then you don't know what happens from there. Um, but in our case, our approach, the holistic approach is, uh, really tested over several years with real clients. And we just try to bring it out to, yeah, to more people and to have them, um, stick to it, uh, on a daily basis by being guided through our assistant app. Yeah. So my understanding is that there, there's a large portion of the, of the rule-based flow questions that are already kind of predetermined by these coaches and health experts through these programs that they've built. So that has nothing to do with the AI, right? Like those are already going to be answered depending on what questions you ask and what things have already been predetermined by those, by those experts, uh, you know, with research backed and experience. Is that right? Um, partly. So, um, you can think of, um, those flows as, um, key, key items or as Lego stones, or uh, I think in a, in a conversation with a partner, we also compared it with, with a necklace of pearls. So, um, the pearls are the flows, um, each of the pearl kind of maps to a bigger picture, which would be the necklace if you want. So, and, um, each of those pearls can kind of guide you somewhere else or can bring you value. And, um, the determination of when a pearl gets relevant to you, um, that can either be, yeah, um, predefined also by another pearl. For example, if you have a follow-up flow, follow-up pearls that the one says, okay, you fall in this category, maybe you should do, um, this flow. Um, but it could also be recommended by a recommender system that finds out that a lot of people with similar preconditions or with a similar statistics, um, similar user profile as you, um, they have gotten enormous, um, benefits or they progressed, uh, positively, um, when they were enrolled in this and that course, for example. Um, and such a recommender system, um, is also, um, AI based. So, um, that's also behind the scenes happening, um, with an AI. You can basically compare that approach with, with Netflix, for example, or with, with Spotify or with any other, um, system that is recommending, um, entities to a user. Um, you wouldn't say that, um, watching a film on Netflix, um, that the film is kind of put to you by an AI is still people like 
filming the film and uh, actors acting in the film. Um, but the AI is being used for you to decide uh, which movie or which film would be relevant for you. And uh, we also have such a system in the background that is helping us um, yeah, putting you on the right track um, just based on statistics. Got it. Well, I think this is a good transition into maybe one of the questions from the community. I think being, being, you know, AI partially based, but not being the, you know, it's not, it's not the, the, it's not something that people necessarily sounds like with your project necessarily have to be afraid of, right? As you said, it's not just going to take off and start giving some, some random, some random suggestions on what you have to do. It's going to be, uh, based in, in data and, and based through the, through these health experts. So one question that somebody had that I thought was yeah. pretty that I thought was pretty relevant is they're less afraid of, less afraid of kind of the AI giving, uh, like kind of taking off and doing its own thing more on the side of being afraid of the AI necessarily, not necessarily being able to specifically give advice that is specific enough to the individual versus like a, a generic approach. So somebody had commented, they were, they were afraid that the, you know, uh, an in-person coach would be able to mm -hmm. be able to sit down and look at all these different factors and make sure that it's specific. And if things need to be changed, you know, altered along the way, they would be able to do that maybe better than, than the AI system or through your system. Is that something that, that you could, yeah. you could touch on? Uh, yeah, sure. So it always depends on the expert though. Um, but yeah, um, definitely. Um, we humans, we have more intuition definitely than you can anytime as hard as you try, you cannot program a machine or never say never, but, um, you cannot program a machine to have the same kind of intuition that we have. Um, because on some other levels that are just between the lines, if, if you say so, um, we can might maybe find out that there are some issues um, holding you back um, that are not visible from an outside perspective. And that might also not be visible by a blood test or by tracking your, your progress or by having your statistics in, in the back of your mind, um, because it's just something that you see when you look someone in the eyes. Um, so it's hard to kind of, um, it's hard to kind of, um, yeah, I set an argument exactly against that, uh, situation or that against that, um, discussion point. Um, of course, someone who is guiding you on a very personal and intimate level, um, can maybe at this point or the other, give you a better, um, recommendation that is more personalized than our personalized recommendation system would be. But on the other side, you have a ton of, of things that this guy is just not aware of because it's, um, the data is just too huge to comprehend, um, with just having a look on it. And now given the fact that often a trainer or personal trainer or a health coach, um, has multiple clients and just is limited by time. Um, he would need to have a very, very sophisticated, um, Excel sheet or whatever. Uh, about your data um, to find out that uh, other other people um, who have similarities with you um, had advances in that course, so he would put you on the same on the same track, for example, or on the same 
pearl. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of a trade-off always. Um, we try our best to make it personal and to base our um, our AI um, on 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 humanly, also on designed programs uh, that that have been designed by humans. Um, but on the other side, we try to um, give those events out there um, that are data-based, um, that are based on on measurable things, and also on on subjective feedback, which if you if you record it, is also measurable, um, and then link that also to the whole thing. Yeah, the I love what you said earlier about it. Just depends on depends on the quote unquote expert, right? Like so. Question yeah. was basically, can the AI do better than a person? Well, I, which leads me into my next thought, which I'll get to, but I, I think it's a good point because, you know, it's inevitable that a lot of coaches or trainers just, they, they give shitty advice. I mean, that's just that the reality of it is that they're, they only can give advice on what their expertise in education is. And some people, you know, yep. in, in the health field, we know this, there's a lot of people who don't look at any more research after they're done with their education and they're maybe working off of 10, yes. 15, 20 year old education. Uh, and so I can definitely see, I see what you're saying. And the fact that these, the coaches can be more, maybe more specific. They may not always be right. And that's where maybe this, this data, this data driven bot, it's data driven application that you guys are building can make more sense. And I can even see it as being, you know, there's gotta be, I don't know what the statistic is, but there's such a small, very, very small portion of the population that actually seek out a coach or expert advice yeah. around nutrition exercise. They get all of their advice through social media, through their friends and family. And so yeah. personally, I can almost, I can almost see uncode as more of that for the general population of people who say, well, I'm not ready to go get a coach or I don't want that. It's awkward for me. I just want to be able to yeah. log into the account and start asking questions. Yeah, sure. Sure. And but, also it's not that we have this, um, exclusiveness. Um, uh, we, we don't want to be the exclusive, um, um, sorry, I have to rephrase it. Um, we don't need to be, um, uh, the only thing you do, if you, for example, are totally into yoga, um, and you have your yoga master that you want to visit every week, um, you can certainly and definitely learn someone, uh, something from that master. Um, as I, for example, also did, um, still I'm totally fascinated about uncode because it's just another lens on the same subject. Um, we just give you, uh, our perspective or the, the combination of the holistic program together with the data data driven approach, um, and we give a, give you this perspective, this kind of um, glasses for looking at this picture. Um, if you find out that for your personal well being um, there must be some other form of um, of perspective on the topic, for example, yoga, um, then you can still do it. Right. So, and you can still have your teacher or your master in that field as well. Um, of course, that's also something that we had in mind. And, um, we also plan in integrating an expert network so that you can also use the app, um, to find people in your location, um, that are familiar with the uncode concept. Um, but that 
can come from different streams of of uh, well-being, of holistic health, of um, of traditional medicine, of some other streams that they apply um, in our network of of health experts, and that you can contact them over the app. So that's also on on the agenda because we know that uh, like this this uh, personal connection is something that an AI cannot replace, um, but it can give you um, improvements if you have another perspective on the on the matter. You shouldn't um, keep the AI as something that is ultimate and that will give you the ultimate truth because we know the human body is too complex to comprehend for humans and for machines, but uh, we can try our best to navigate through that labyrinth um, together by using technology and by not like forgetting our roots and for not forgetting what human interaction can can provide you with. No, I love that. You're not you're you're not making you're not you're not developing uncode to be the end all be all. You never need any other outside outside health advice or expertise. So that it, it just is a kind of yeah. like a supp a supplement that you still you can use, but you can also go out and seek, like you said, the different. Um, which I have to ask you, what is what is yoga in German? How do you say that in in German? Uh, it's it's the same. It's yoga. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think it, I think I you're, mean, yeah, yeah. you're saying you're saying it, it with a J, yeah. and it made me laugh. Is it? Is it? it ah, okay. It, yeah, yeah. I think you might have switched yeah. them up, but it's it was just yeah. funny when you said yoga. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, but you say yoga, right? No, no, yoga. Oh, how, yeah. Yoga. yoga. Ah, okay. Okay. Yeah, you so, said it right yeah. the second time. Yeah, that's that the same. Yeah. Okay. That's <laughs> then hilarious. It's the same right? as in German. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So the, uh, but yeah, so I, I, I like that because you're still encouraging people to go out and seek that one-on-one -on -one human connection, Yeah. but yeah. using this as kind of like the, like I said, the supplement or just something that, that the general population can use. So I think it's, I think it's pertinent to jump into maybe what people, well, actually two things. One is the, is the application live? And if not, when, when does that come out? And then kind of what can, what can people expect whenever they jump into the uncode app? Like what are they interacting with? They get in, start talking to that bot. Do they pick a framework first? Or what, what does that look like? Yeah, sure. So, um, so we developed a lot already in the past year. Um, but for now we plan on releasing the application by December, um, this year and, um, giving exclusive access to our NFT holders, as I mentioned earlier, but we can still go on this NFT topic later in more detail. Um, and so for now, the application should provide everyone with, um, with all the courses and the material that we, that we built so far. Um, and it will guide you through onboarding processes, which are already cut those flows that I mentioned that will uh, map out um, uh, your personal traits and your preconditions and um, your goals as well. And so then you are enrolled in different courses and uh, we structure the application in, in, a, in such a way that we ha always have a nutrition block. We always have a movement block. And then we have the well-being area. Um, the movement block um, will always consist of, um, yeah, workouts or programs that allow you to balance your hormones. And um, if you are more like the professional already, then they will really demand, uh, will be really demanding. Um, if you basically don't do any sports, 
um, they will guide you um, to at least doing enough sports so that uh, your body can yeah, get in better shape, that you build a strong core. And we will, we will begin with the foundational um, yeah, basic primal movement patterns, basically. Um, with the nutrition, um, it always depends on um, also where you are at that point. Um, because don't get me wrong, but um, I would <laughs> in general say that a lot of people in Europe are, um, yeah, they are more used to cooking their own food compared with, um, with Americans, but depends always on the niche. Um, at least no, I uh, think yeah, you're not in America. Yeah, you're not out of the box saying that. I mean, yeah. we're yeah, we're generally yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're a bunch of slobs in the U.S. and we eat out all the time. We don't, <laughs> nobody knows how to cook anymore, and everything's jam packed with sugar. Yeah, every conversation I have with people over in in Europe, and they they ask me questions about you know what uh, what kind of bread should I eat, and I start talking about you know make sure if you, if you do eat bread, look at the make sure you look at the sugar count, and they're like, what are you talking about? why there's no sugar in, there's no sugar in the bread and i'm like oh okay well 90 yeah, yeah, of the bread yeah. here has like extra sugar added into it which is insane. yeah 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 but yeah, yeah it's go, crazy go on go on sorry yeah yeah um yeah it's, it's hilarious um at least from our perspective but oh. um yeah so <laughs> if you're not used to um to preparing fresh food at all but um you are used to um eat outside and uh, most of the time not eating outside at restaurants that prepare fresh food, but yeah, fast food or just um, high in calorie, low in, mic in micronutrients and just trash food, basically, then you have a complete different starting point to nutrition as someone who is already used to uh, prepare his own meals, um, who is going to, uh, he's, he's already shopping um, vegetables and uh, nutritious food, or who can afford to let someone else do that for you. Um, I mean, that situation is also is also there. But is the app, depending is, on where you come from, yeah. is is the app going to be able to tell like where my starting point is? Like, is there going to be? A... Yeah, yeah, sure. So okay. that's that's part of the onboarding process. Yeah. So we cool. have onboarding. Um, so account onboarding, of, of of course, so that you get your account and that the basic. Um, um, facts are already there, um, but then we have onboardings for the different areas. So for movement and also for, for nutrition and um, those um, will kind of set the initial programs for you or the initial courses. And uh, from then we have weekly or biweekly um, reevaluation flows, um, which are also basically feedback formulas um, that you go through and based on those, um, on how well you processed or how, how easy it was to for you to kind of incorporate those changes into your daily life uh, we we need we make adjustments or we help you even more for example and um, for nutrition we also have a program that we call uh, intro to cooking um, because a lot I think a lot of people um, they are they are open to do that but they just uh, need someone to to guide them along the way and um, also to not um, overwhelm them with uh, here is your nutrition plan and then every day is a new um, recipe and they never cooked anything before apart from um, yeah, toast with, with whatever ham. And um, so in that case, we will guide them um, to kind of get used to um, find out what is the things that I'm putting into my body um, that guide them through what are the things that I should buy or should not buy or just put on my diet list. And um, if they can afford uh, to, to have a cook, for example, 
Um, of course, you can also kind of print those things out and uh, hang it on the fridge or let someone else prepare it for you, maybe also possible. Um, but I personally um, yeah, see it as uh, more useful if you prepare your own food, but um, not everyone has the time to do that. Um, on the other side, some people are already um, way more advanced with their nutrition and they want to make uh, it more adapted on, uh, on their personal needs. So um, there comes into play um, that like those data values that we use for um, putting up your profile and putting you into the different courses, um, they can on one side be used by your feedback so subjectively, um, but um, we also incorporate those self-testing kits. And self-testing kits, um, they, I, I think you already um, read about them um, or our, about our plans with, with self-testing kits. Um, so we partner here with, with a company called Sarah Screen. They are pretty big in Europe and also have distribution channels in, in North America. And um, so they ship you this testing kit and um, it will test on something like, uh, for example, micronutrients, um, your vitamin D level. And uh, based on the result, we can incorporate changes to your nutrition plan so that you can, you don't, might not even have to supplement it um, if you just pay more attention on eating more of, of these foods that naturally contain them. Um, okay, if you buy foods of high quality, uh, that's the assumption here. Um, on the other side, uh, we also have genetic tests and um, they include uh, a macronutrient uh, overview um, that we call metabolic typing. And uh, maybe you already heard of it. Um, it is not every human can process or can metabolize uh, carbs and proteins and fat in the same way. And um, that has influence on the, on the ratio that you should kind of consume those macronutrients in your food um, that can be put on the level on the abstraction level of each individual food, but also on a daily or on a weekly overview. So we, for example, if you use our nutrition plan, and um, of course, in the beginning, it will be difficult to stick to things. And because you have a lot of eating habits that are yeah have to be worked on and it's i know that carb tracking and stuff is not for everyone um, but in general it gives you an overview of um, how much carbs do you eat and with metabolic typing based on your genes um, we can make adjustments to your nutrition plan so that it will include less carbs if you're not good at processing carbs um, so our health expert explained me that uh, once with uh, with a with a car engine. Um, so if you have if you have a car um, and you are used to 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 drive that car in a in a in a good fashion, um, then it depends on on how much are you pressing the the gas. And um, some people are just naturally um, if you don't press the gas, um, they are just naturally very low. So you have to press the car, uh, the gas pedal, um, to even have the engine running, um, and the gas pedal here uh, stands for the, the amounts of carbs that should be consumed by you. Some people are just if they don't uh, get breakfast and they eat carbs for breakfast, they will just uh, start a bad day, 
Uh, on the other hand, for example, Jonah is the, the other part of guy. So I'm more the carbs guy. Jonah is, uh, for example, uh, the, the protein guy or the not carbs guy. Um, when he eats carbs for breakfast, he will just um, be shaky and thrilled. And um, it will just be like uh, coffee shots that he he consumes um, because his engine is just naturally running um, higher. So he has to cool it down a little bit. And if he eats too much carbs, especially in the morning, um, he will just um, be at whatever, 8,000 RPM. And um, so that is um, kind of the, the thing that we have to pay or that we have to keep in mind. And a lot of people, they don't know that this is something that is personal to them. Um, of course, it can also be influenced by the environment, About uh, about um, can it be influenced by your emotions and your general overall uh, mood, but um, it has uh, clear links to your genes. And I find this as very interesting and um, it can help you to kind of put you on the map a little bit easier um, and then have those adjustments made for you. Yeah, so is the... I have a few things on that. Is the is the genetic testing something that would likely be done one time? I mean, your genes are yeah, yeah sure, sure. And then and then the yes. the blood tests are something that's going to be done like on a an annual basis or a quarterly basis, biannual. Um, what do you? Yeah, that depends. So first of all, yes, uh, genetic testing. Um, there are different testing strategies. Um, for now, we are. Um, partnering with a lab that is testing only those genes um, that are relevant um, for a specific use case. So if you do that test, you never have to do that test again. If you want to get info or more insights into other parts of your gene that will represent different genotypes and then different phenotypes and different uh, outcomes, um, you have to do another test because it was not tested in the first test. Um, but it is clear which genes are tested by which test. Um, so that kind of um, yeah, technique is affordable, um, but also not state of the art. Um, if you if you go today to um, to those DNA labs, um, they can already offer you whole genome sequencing for around one thousand dollars or even less, and. Um, so whole genome sequencing is for for people who want to afford it and who um, yeah have like the have no concerns about having all of your genes sequences sequenced. Um, this is definitely a a phenomenal alternative um, to get insights once and reuse it um, for the rest of your life. Um, because you, yeah, you basically have not only 0.001% of your genes analyzed, but yeah, the complete uh, genome. Um, on the other side, there are also people who just, um, they don't want that. They just want to have insights for a specific kind of part of their genes. So for them, those uh, specific tests are definitely the better ones. Um, we are still... Uh, for now, we, we have the partnership with, with, um, with the lab that is testing for this, the single um, gene locations that are relevant. Um, but especially in, in, um, in, con or in, in perspective with, with NFT and blockchain technology, 
I personally, as the CTO, find it very interesting and uh, compelling to also include whole genome sequencing. But uh, that's not something that we can put on the agenda for, for this year. Um, with the blood tests, because you also asked what the period of, um, of, of that test would be, um, it also depends. So it doesn't make sense to do it weekly, on a weekly basis, because your micronutrients would need to just level and your body needs time to adjust, especially if you supplement. It's difficult to, um, to keep track um, because often, oftentimes you do a test of something that you are already supplementing and um, then it's difficult to find your baseline. Um, so we provide you with, with, a, uh, with a solution to kind of find your baseline and um, then yeah, do those tests in, in periods of between monthly and um, quarterly. That depends on the, macronutri uh, the micronutrient that we are talking about. You can also just do it once. And if you feel fine afterwards, um, or if, for example, you test something and you find out you've never supplemented that, um, you don't need to, then there's also not, not something to do, right? So you don't have to do it necessarily again in, in half a year. Um, yeah, so so that's how far I would go with, with talking about blood tests because um, um, everything more would also uh, like be out of the realm for, for this discussion. Yeah, uh, another yeah. question from the audience that kind of uh, is relevant to this current conversation is there's some fear and actually this, this runs really well with the, the, uh, the order of, of how we've been doing these episodes of the podcast, because our last two episodes were around health data and where that, that yeah. data is going. And that was one question from the audience was, uh, they were worried about an AI having access to our health data. And I think that there's, like you said earlier, there's a lot of uh, you know, negative connotations around AI that maybe doesn't, maybe because of our lack of understanding in depth of what the technology is. But outside of that, I'm just curious, you know, multiple things. So where is the data going? What are you using the data for, for let's say specifically for yeah. like the blood tests and genetic tests, and then maybe just in general, like maybe my health questionnaire and the questions that I'm asking, yeah. like that sort of data, where is, where is that going and, and what are you doing with it? Yeah. So first of all, um, com as if we if we look at the, the tests themselves um, that we are planning to integrate in in this first phase, uh, we will only retrieve the final results of them. Everything else will be handled by our partners, and they have their own privacy um, statements about about everything and. Um, their privacy statements will also include that they are just testing for the things that you want them to test and that no sample is kind of stored or whatever. So it also complies with, with law, with privacy laws in America and um, also uh, in the US and also in Europe. Um, however, something has to be transferred to us and those are the results that you actually want us to use, right? So um, we have plans on uh, incorporating, especially if we talk about uh, whole genome testing in, in future iterations or in future times, um, we have plans to incorporate mechanisms that are also blockchain-based security measures that will allow our, our customers to have full control over the data by by having the private key to that data, um, yeah, on their own on their own um, 
device. So data will be secured by, um, by cryptography and um, you have the full control over, for example, um, what we want to investigate with is soulbound tokens, um, which are kind of like NFTs, but they are not transferable. They are innate to, to your personality. And um, you, you are the only one who has access and ownership over that data. And if you want us to kind of let the data be handled by our, our systems, you can add us as a, um, as a requester. So we can request basically from you. Um, we want access on your genetic profile. We use it for this and that use case. Um, and then you can give us uh, access for that. And um, it goes even so far that uh, the computations done on the, on the data um, are securely in, enclaved in, in an environment that we don't control and also the cloud environment cannot have access to. So um, those are especially for the very, very critical values, as I just said, with whole genome data. Um, we, we plan on, if we integrate it, we plan on integrating it with this Oasis network. You can Google it up. Um, it's a very nice technology that uh, is also working in that realm. Um, and data is owned by the user. Um, data is only processed in secure enclaved environments and not us and not even the, um, the cloud provider has access to your raw data. So just the values that are computed then, so the outputs basically of the algorithm, um, those are the ones that are so stored in our database. And I mean, from that on somewhere, the values need to be stored because if you want to see them in your app, um, we have to store them somewhere. But the, the objective that we are talking here is not that we save the end results in our database, um, but that we uh, save the raw data um, for in our database and might lose it um, or could be hacked. Um, so that's actually the objective that we want to prevent. Um, yeah, I, I, did, did you get my point? I yeah, absolutely. Kind no, of no, lost no, it. <laughs> no, 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 it, yeah. makes, it makes sense. And that's, it's like I said, it, it's nice to hear that after our conversations uh, recently about our health data. And it sounds like you're, you're using the crypt, you know, crypto blockchain technology to be able to give us the access to our data, but it has to be shared. Like you said, there has to be, those endpoints have to be on the app or there's, or you wouldn't be able to do anything with that information. So it, it makes sense. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but those I, are just like the KPIs, if you want so, or the, the metrics that should be shown in the app that should be used by the app. Those have to be shared. Um, what we want to prevent. And also I think what the user wants to prevent is that some application runs tests on their blood and uh, has raw data on it and save that on some, uh, database that is not secured and might get hacked or that they do some something else with it. Um, the raw data is the thing that we need to take care of. And of course, uh, all the other values that we will draw, draw from them, um, they are also secured, but um, they need to be secured somewhere where we can access them and where you need to give us permission for it, because otherwise we cannot display it in the application. Right. Um, but the processing on raw data could be like prevented, um, prevented access to it. So data ownership will be retained. Yeah. So the AI can't just take, take my genetic data and go make a, <laughs> make a miniature Dalton in the metaverse running around in, in Germany. 
That would be terrifying. Oh, sounds like a good plan. <laughs> yeah. So the and as I said, there is not like um, an AI that is kind of right. um, yeah working in that way that you described. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So the my my next question is around the the bot itself. So can you kind of ex describe what that chat bot is and and how that interaction would look like if I'm logging into the Uncode app? Yeah, sure. So. Um, <laughs> If, if you so probably I should strip it down to a not so technical audience because I just today had a meeting uh, talking on it but it was way too technical so I will stick <laughs> yeah, to dumb a it, dumb it down for us <laughs> yeah yeah so um, so our chatbot um, it I already explained that uh, most of the chatbot will be um, or most of the chatbot interactions will be handled by this rule based um, engine or rule-based approach. And in that term, it also falls into a different category um, as if you compare it to, um, let's say, Alexa or Google Home, Google Assistant um, or Siri, um, because they work on a, on, on a different matter. And I will explain that approach also later because it's our second pillar. Um, the first pillar is this rule-based execution and um, all of the flows that you go through, the conversations that you have, uh, they are basically scripted um, by health professionals. And the idea behind those flows is to um, get more information and to put you on track to find out your user profile and to link um, similarities between your profile and uh, things that worked for other people so that you have the best recommendation that we can give you. Um, what I explained previously with, with recommend assistance and uh, an approach like Netflix, for example. Um, so this rule-based approach is what you will start with. You open up the app, um, you will connect um, your wallet um, because initially we will um, have exclusive access for our NFT holders. So you are locked in then and um, you enter your name and you have like those predefined um, components. Every component that is sent over in the chatbot is not just a message that you answer with, uh, with free text again, um, but a lot of parts, it's just more easy to use if you have uh, quick replies and if you have applications or components that you can use for data input. Um, so our chatbot is designed in such a way that every interaction item um, is rich, rich content. Um, it can be a video, can be an audio, can be a multiple selection, a checkbox list, or anything else that you could imagine from from a formula. Basically, um, the difference is that it's um, sent in messages one after each other. Um, however, after the onboarding, then um, you will get to the main screen and will present it with a welcome message. And this welcome message will also be based on what you're currently at. So if you are enrolled in a course that, um, for example, has a schedule where you said, okay, I want to do a workout today at seven, um, and it's five before seven, this welcome message could present you with a quick link to starting your workout, for example. And on another daytime, it might uh, give you quick access to the recipe for your whatever, for your lunch, um, or some other things. Um, additionally to your, to the, the replies that are presented to you or the quick, um, quick action items that are presented to you, you also have the possibility to, uh, just use your free text speech, um, or whatever, just typing in or, um, with your voice 
to interact with the chatbot in a more natural way. And that is like the second execution pathway um, or the second execution engine uh, where we have an actual chatbot that interacts with you um, similarly as you are used to, to use service bots um, for companies, telecommunication companies or whatever. I don't know how, how far you, um, your experiences with chatbots is, um, but we designed this chatbot in such a way that it will uh, lead you um, to information that is relevant um, for your question. So you could ask questions like, um, what are the benefits of eating whatever broccoli? And um, then we can find out what is your intent um, you definitely want to know something about broccoli. You also want to know about eating habits, and we can then present you with information about that. Very or cool. you could ask, like, what is my next workout, for example? Then definitely the intention would be, um, yeah, what you just said. Um, so in that part, um, that's actually natural language processing that is happening under the hood, um, and that can be used for exactly those um, storylines that we don't expect you to exactly type those words, but you can just use your, your natural language to describe what you want. Our chatbot will try its best to, to find out what your intention is and then lead you to other resources. Yeah. That's the second execution model. Can I stop you there for a second? Um, uh, my yeah, question, sure. yeah, so uh, I'm interested. So, so with the natural language, I, f I find that fascinating. And I think that's a, that's a huge, can, could be a huge, player in just the general population because most people they'll go they'll go straight to google they'll they'll start searching stuff and it's going to give them just a, a wide array of of answers depending on what their question is but it, those those questions are not specific to their needs their genetic testing their blood work their specific goals and health so is it something, you know, for an example like if I hopped on and and asked the chatbot which by the way does the chatbot have a name you guys named it? Not yet, no. Um, no. So okay. for now, it's the un uncode, uncode. Okay, so uncode. We'll call so. him, yeah, Douglas. Uncode. So, hey, uncode. Un so, yeah. yeah, I think it, it has the name uncode. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, so I asked the uncode bot and say, I think it'd be funny if it had like a little, a little human name. But we asked the uncode bot and say, and say, hey, uh, I'm about to, I'm going to work out in an hour. What should I eat? Is that a question that would be, yeah. that would be relevant? And yeah. then would it yeah. be able to take, would it be able to take my information? Like, let's say I am sensitive, like you had an example of, I believe you said yeah, Jonah sure. earlier is sensitive to carbs. Would it High be able carbs. to take that? Yeah. yeah. Would it be able to take that into, into account with the question? Yeah, sure. Sure. That is definitely what we plan on, on implementing. Yeah. So I, I mean, all, parts of them are already implemented not all of the stories that you can imagine now will work out uh, the way you, you might expect. Um, but um, this is also something that will improve as more people interact with it. So um, we cannot, it's, it's very difficult um, at an early stage to find out all the intentions that are possible um, for you to interact with, with, this, with such a chatbot. Um, so naturally, we will start with the ones that um, we know of. And um, we will then, from that point on, uh, have a reiterative process that everything that was um, not understood or where it was kind of, yeah, didn't went in the right direction, that can be looked over again by professional natural language processing specialists 
that we also have. Um, and this framework is actually, um, the, our chatbot framework is actually from the ground up designed in such a way that it improves um, with, with more users interacting with it. And that's also part why we, we want to make the access uh, so early to it, um, because I think the most value at the beginning is our programs, our videos, our content, and all of that, um, which is pretty static, right? Um, and of course, we will um, kind of customize which program you're at and uh, the, 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 the fine tuning of it. We will customize all of this um, with the data-driven approach. Um, and finally, to have a full automated natural language processing chatbot that is completely respecting every aspect that you have in the app and is also um, linking that to information with others, um, that will not be available uh, like in three months. Um, that is just uh, too huge of a, of, of a complexity here. But what you need to accomplish in, in the quest of, of building such, such a assistant is you need people interacting with it and you need people who are actually staying on track and that like, that not just download the app and find out, okay, um, whatever, it's too expensive for me or they find out, um, I don't want to cook. Um, and then or they find out whatever. And um, so we want to have those users that uh, like our idea. They, uh, they are also catched by our vision as we are. They know where the track can lead and that will help us in building this thing. Um, because the things are already very sophisticated, but they move into a direction where it is the, the possibilities are endless. So that's also why we, um, why we um, went on the track with community building. Uh, we, we built up um, a, a network of, of people who like our idea and that support us in that way and who are also part of the decision-making process, which features they like the most, which one they want to see, and where we also yeah, include that with voting rights, for example, and where we also invite them to actually uh, become a part of the company. But I'm, I'm going into another direction here, but no. you get my point. Yes, no, yeah. and it's fine. I, I, would like to, I would like to jump into the NFT stuff, but right, right before we do that, yeah. um, I am curious. You did mention you know, maybe somebody jumps in and, and says, oh, this isn't for me. Uh, maybe it's too expensive or, or whatever. But I remember in a previous conversation that we had, you did mention that you guys, obviously this is not just a... It's not just a Web three crypto company. It's something that you guys see on a on a global scale. That no, has, it's, go ahead. Sorry, go on. You, yeah, yeah. Well, I was just going to say, the, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was just going to say that you guys are offering. You guys are going to be offering this uh, at least partly as a free service, right? Could you explain on on what that would look like in details? Uh, yes. So basically, um, what we want to provide is that. Um, Everyone who is supporting us now um, gets early access to everything. Later on, it will um, also involve into a subscription model so that it is possible to join even if you're not in the inner circle of supporters, of um, people with uh, the right to, to vote on the further development and, and all of that stuff. Um, but on the other side, we definitely know that our system is capable of even if you just look at the courses and of the material that we provide, um, it is also it also it already 
holds up with a subscription at a fitness studio, for example. And um, so that's why we go in this direction of having a subscription model um, for the application and um, provide everything that is on top of that subscription um, is, is not mandatory. So for example, all of the testing kits, uh, everything that has to do with genetics and with, with blood tests, um, with supplements, personalized supplements that we also integrate, um, or with our business network, um, all of those parts are um, kind of separate and they are on top. But uh, we, at the current standpoint, um, we will go for a subscription model after we established a yeah, large audience framework, a well-tested application, um, and we go, go into that direction, yes. Yeah, and I was gonna say too, it just makes sense that what you said earlier about the chatbot being, it needs to interact with people to get better and better. And the more people it interact with, the more precise it can be and the more it can learn. So I, I love yeah, that. It'd, yeah. be, it'd be exciting to see kind of what the what the answers are going to be on you know day one, week one versus three years from from now after yeah, the sure. release. It'd be yeah, yeah interesting yeah. to see that. Uh, well, yeah. Philip, I think it's a good time to jump into uh, maybe how you guys are utilizing NFT technology. If you could just talk about mm -hmm. what the NFT yeah. is and maybe some more details on you know what the when the drop is and and uh, and how much and stuff like that. Yeah, sure. So. Um, we, yeah, as I said, we started off as a Web2 company. And um, first, uh, when we started, we didn't have in mind that we will launch an NFT. However, as I already kind of introduced in the previous um, point, is that we found out that this uh, community that is supporting, that is um, being a part of the project, is extremely helpful and is, is the way where we want to go for this kind of thing, because we know that it, it can turn out in so many um, so many areas uh, that we are uh, going into in the next years that we also want the community to be part of it and to also have the possibility to decide on, um, on, on what feature they like most, for example. So um, in that case, we decided to yeah, also become a Web3 company and um, our NFT is um, the Uncode uh, Genesis avatars, um, which we already in Twitter, you see them at least, I don't know, 100 times on our profile site and also with a lot of con uh, collaborations that came yeah, in. You guys uh, are collaborating like crazy um, right now. We now reached, yeah, it's, it is crazy what our yeah. CEO is, is uh, kind it's of nice. pulling together here. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was also pretty new, um, especially because um, I think the, the mainstream um, in in Europe, especially in Germany, is not um, so familiar as the yeah average person in the U.S. is already. So here it is still something that is even newer than compared with with the U.S. Um, but we see a lot of dynamics here and a lot of projects that are building up uh, new concepts that disrupt their, tech, their their sector or their their branch. And um, we kind of want to do the same with the health industry. And um, so going to, into the details, our NFT um, will be um, will be based on ERC 721 Psi, which is kind of the base contract that we are using. Um, and 
Additionally to that, we, we built in loyalty program um, where our holders can stake the NFT. Um, and we have a speciality in our NFT, which is that after 14 days of the locking, if you lock it immediately after you buy and you show us your support uh, right at that time, um, after 14 days, you will receive a free mint for a second avatar. Um, this is, I know probably sounds a little bit crazy, um, but we want to give people the opportunity to directly, if the project is, is gaining, um, is gaining more interest to directly give them back because they have the double, double, uh, double in input there, uh, with the same mint price, basically. Um, additionally, the loyalty program will be used in the next years predominantly in the next year um, to um, maintain uh, the, all those um, governing aspects that I already put out and to give back to our supporters in a form of, of course, giveaways and all of those things, but also um, with access to the application, um, which will be a lifetime access and, and so on. So holders will be, yeah, kind of be granted access to our inner ring. They have their private discord as well, um, voting rights. And also what, uh, we'll, we'll, what we're really excited about is um, our holders can also um, enter a raffle for virtual shares. So we also partner with, with a, with a spin-off basically that we also built, um, which is called vShares. Um, and vShares is a company that allows us to put virtual shares of our company, so of the Uncode um, GmbH, which is the legal entity, um, virtual shares of our company into NFTs, um, which means that if we profit on a in our operational business, that you can profit as well, um, which is kind of a more tight link uh, than a regular NFT because normal NFTs, which are sold uh, with the purpose of distributing uh, digital artwork um, that is attached with several rights and whatever to the owners, um, they are not directly linked to the company's profits, right? Um, for example, if you own a board ape, you are not profiting if uh, the company behind is also profiting or is, is being sold. Um, so in that case, we, we try to give, um, uh, to earn more credibility in the space, um, uh, than, than others are, and also to, to give back, um, more than also other projects are doing because NFT prices can rise and can fall depending on market dynamics. But, um, especially because they aren't tied to anything that is, uh, kind of real. And, uh, we think that the legal entity of our company and the profits that we are going to make, um, they are more real than some other aspects of, of NFTs are. Um, and also, yeah, you can then basically check it out and, um, yeah, get actual yeah. profits from it. How, yeah. how many, how many NFTs, or how many avatars are there going to be? So, yeah, so they, uh, what I was talking about with virtual shares, um, will be a separate thing. Um, if we talk about the NFT right now, we are talking about the um, Uncode Genesis Avatars collection, and uh, we will have 3,000 NFTs for a mint price of 0.3 ETH. Um, that price is already out since quite some time, um, but um, we think also because currently it's uh, compared with other projects, it's comparably high. Um, but 
if you regard um, all of the things that we already put into our company, we are already past pre-seed. Um, we developed quite a lot. We grant access, full lifetime access to this whole ecosystem and to the application, the chatbot and all the programs that are out. Um, you have to compare it also with, with the alternatives um, that you would uh, yeah, get with, with other courses or for example. Um, so this is the main price, 0 0.3 and um, 3,000 avatars. So is that going to be, if I'm understanding that right though, if there's if there's going to be 3,000 and I stake mine on day one and I get dropped another yes. one, does that mean there's yes. only going to be 15 yes. allowed or is there going to be possibly 6,000 no. if everybody yes. got it? If everybody does that, um, then the collection size will be. So for now, we limit the collection size with 6,000. Interesting. Um, okay. Yeah. But um, it, we have it programmed in that such a way. So it's not just that we kind of uh, do that however we want, but if the smart contract itself um, takes in two parameters, basically the initial total inventory is 3000 and the total inventory is 6000. And based on how many people are staking their NFT right from the start for 14 days, um, yeah, if the, everyone do, does that, then the total inventory can rise up until 6,000. Um, if not 3,000 people are doing that, then it will just be somewhere in between. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And I, I, I've actually, you know, I haven't heard of that mechanic before. So I'm interested to see, you know, what the community's take also, is on it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I think it's, I yeah. think it's interesting. It's just one of those things that's kind of similar to like what Moonbirds do with, with nesting. And for people who aren't familiar, basically just if you, they are not encouraging you to necessarily go out and just go sell your NFT and make more money. They want you to stay and be a valuable member to the community. And so yeah, they yeah. benefit you from staking or they call it nesting. Um, and the same yeah, thing sure. for you guys. You, yeah. Yeah. So, so the, um, the other thing that I was going to ask too, is the, on the, um, the I'm trying to remember where I was going. Um, oh, I think the, the, V share, like the profit sharing with the virtual shares is interesting and something I haven't heard about either. I'm, I don't know. I'm not the most uh, uh, financially inclined when it comes to the where they start calling these things securities. And if you, yeah, uh, yeah. Cause, I, cause I know that that's, that's a fear with some of the profit sharing, they call it over yeah, in the sure. U S a lot of, yeah. a lot of uh, projects don't do that because of a fear of backlash legally. Yes. And so I think it might be different in, in, uh, in Europe, but I, I wonder if it's because you're doing it through the yeah. V shares. I wonder if it's different. I'm also, um, I'm also still have to get more, um, updates on our recent, uh, process with our lawyers, because for now we, so the, the current, um, understanding, uh, from our lawyers is also, if we, um, put everything that is, comp uh, that is related to V shares into uh, the V shares company, which is established in Switzerland, um, and have everything set out with a KYC process. Um, that you need uh, to to get the NFT and also to kind of burn it um, when you want to kind of um, get the profits at the cash out events. So it is basically like this. I start from the beginning. The NFT itself acts as a coupon, um, as a coupon. So um, it is given out and it is matched with exactly one share of the company with uh, of our uh, base capital. Um, 
Not the, the avatar, company, right? For it's examples, a separate. It's a separate NFT. No, like the, it's a se it's separate. Gotcha. It's separate. Yeah, it will also be announced in the next in the next time, but it will be exclusive for avatar avatars holders. Um, so we will we will uh, announce more of that uh, at a later stage. Um, so this separate uh, VShares NFT will act as a coupon, and it can be. Um, it is linked one on one to a company share. Um, However, you don't get like information rights and uh, things that you have with a uh, with uh, actual um, public company because our uh, corporate form in Germany is um, is GmbH, GmbH, um, and it is for especially at an early stage doesn't make sense to to go to to the free market with your company and make it public, um, but that is kind of the the, the compromise um, to have the virtual share attached to exactly one share of the company and it's also then trusted uh, it's put into a secure trust at the vShares company incorporated in switzerland and this company is then giving out those nfts but it always has the track it has the track of the first people uh, first guy who is receiving um this coupon and it also needs to check the identity of the one who is then um trying to uh, to get the reward for it, the, the, the profit uh, share, um, if you get what, what I mean. And um, we have to make a separate session for the internal intrinsics, but the key um, objection of the, of the federal FINMA is called in, in Switzerland is that um, you have to keep track of, um, of who is um, the one that is kind of getting the payout um, at the cash event. That is the important thing. And we have to feature or we have to gate that by a KYC process um, because otherwise um, you fall into um, this anti-money laundering laws that are basically worldwide, um, like trying to prevent that people are yeah, using NFTs for money laundering and also uh, for it, gaining interests in, in, in those com in companies like that. Um, yeah, but we have to do a separate session because I'm also not a lawyer. Um, I'm just trying to wrap my German um, lawyer, my lawyer German into English words. So yeah, that, please, I can't. Um, that's, no, not hey, I'm that's not, not a lawyer. Financial advice yeah, and everything. I'm not yes, a lawyer so. either. So, but it's just interesting, yeah. and, and I'm curious yeah. on the on the yeah. macro scale, kind of how that works. So, yes, no, I think I'm you, also yeah. interested. Yeah, especially for um, American customers, and I, I think that will turn out um, after the mint on how many are in the pool, um, also from from which countries they uh, they are and uh, what preconditions we need to follow um, to make it available for yeah, all countries, basically. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, and but if at it's... least for Europe, it's ruled out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, is there anything else before yeah. we jump in and, and let the audience ask any questions? Is there anything else about the NFT that you want to mention that we didn't discuss already? Ah, yeah. Um, you compared it with Moonbirds nesting, right? And basically, it's not just uh, the, the second NFT. Um, that is given as a freement um, that is comparable with, with Moonbirds nesting, but actually our whole loyalty program is, is similar to that. So the loyalty program is not just for the first 14 days, but it will advance in levels um, over time. So we, we st you start off with level one, after 14 days you are at level two, and then the time increases from level to level. And with the different levels, you earn different rewards, which you can then claim 
via our loyalty program page. So um, there is also the interest from us um, for people to buy the NFT, uh, be part of the community, interact with us, give us feedback, be active on Discord, everything, and um, to be members of the community also with uh, using their voting rights to, to vote on new features and everything and not kind of sell off the NFT after, after the mint. Um, because that's how we want to keep people um, inside of our community and also to put this incentive um, into, into this form of the loyalty program. So um, also the levels of each avatars will be reflected in our metadata. So you can also see if you buy an NFT, not at Mint, but at the later stage, you can also see um, what level this, this NFT has already gotten. And um, yeah, depending on that, you can receive um, future uh, reward or not. Because of course, some, some uh, NFT that already passed level two and got the reward for level two and claimed it, um, then you cannot sell it off and some other um, buyer can claim it again. So that is kind of the intrinsics. Um, and because of that, the levels are also reflected um, in the NFT metadata. Yes. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. That's the last uh, thing that I wanted to mention. Yeah, yeah. no, that's, that's good. Uh, and then uh, one thing I have a question that just sparked from what you said is, uh, is there, is there any, um, uh, are, are you holding back any for the community or are you giving away or, or are you holding back any, sorry, for the team? Yes. Are you guys giving them away yes. to specific communities? Yes. Yeah, so currently we are having a few, uh, whitelist collaborations as you already, um, saw. Yeah. So we will have them instructed in such a way that the whitelist opens first. Then we have a waitlist, which will include all the addresses of people who are not on the whitelist, but still registered. Um, this is a mechanism that is also, yeah, kind of, um, put as the best practice by Prement, um, um, which we also use as a tool for collecting our allow list, allow lists. Um, so just to avoid gas wars, you're probably familiar with it, um, that if all the, all the people want to mint at the same time, they will increase in gas and, and sometime you pay a lot of unnecessary dollars or ETH in that case, um, for, for gas. Um, and if we have this uh, structured in that way that we have the allow list first, then after the allow list closes, the wait list starts, everyone else who is, uh, who has not gotten a, pl a place on the allow list will get its turn. And then after, uh, we have the public mint. Um, I think we not settled yet on when the different, um, phases will start, but the mint will be on uh, September 16th, which is Friday next week. Um, Sorry, I got, I forgot your, your point. Um, your no, I, was just, I, was just, I was just asking if, if, uh, if there were going to yeah. be specific, specific allow list spots for different communities or if yes. it's just a, yes, yes. just sign up, uh, you know, if, if anybody in the public yes. right now can go try to sign up and, or they, or is there a, a public mint? Yeah. So that, there's also a public mint, which will also be then, um, after that, after that, uh, allow list phase, after the wait list phase, there will be the, the last spots will be given as a public mint. Um, additionally to that, um, we have like those 300 spots that are reserved for early supporters and, um, for the team. Um, we will also come up with, um, with a distribution, um, schedule there, but those are kind of separate from the available mint places. Yeah. Okay. So it's, perfect. Yeah. Perfect. I appreciate okay. your time, man. And I'm, I'm excited. I think that if, you know, 
if and when this thing takes off, it can be revolutionary. Because I think I, I've just pictured so many different ways that even my clients or patients would be able to use something like this. And even for my own, yeah. for my own case, to be able to spread the knowledge to more people than what I can see one-on-one. So I'm, I'm just excited for, for what you guys are doing and, and excited to follow along for the journey. Yeah, I thank you also for, for the conversation, Dalton, and also for inviting me into this podcast. I'm pretty new to podcasts, but uh, so far I, I really enjoyed it. Um, Good. I think I, yeah. I will do that more often. <laughs> yeah, you should. You should. You did You did great. Your English is spot on, uh, except that the only thing you did was yoga. <laughs> like, yoga was, it was hilarious. Yoga, but yeah. it, <laughs> Sorry, but, but Dalton, you have to say, like, there's not a logic in English when to pronounce oh. a J like a J and a Y hey, like word. a Y. So no. there are also differences there. <laughs> there's no logic at all but, yeah, over I, in this country. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. hilarious. So but hey, German we... is more structured and logic and everything. Yes, you know, yes. I get the point. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard that yeah. too about, about the German language but uh to close out philip if you can um yeah and we'll put we'll put all this in the show notes but if you can tell people where they can find you where they can find uncode yes sure um so first of all um you can follow us on twitter it's um twitter.com slash uncode underscore ai um i hope that it's underscore that, ai yeah it, it, it is underscore yes, AI. it's underscore ai yeah um or on uncode.ai um and you can also find yeah uncode.ai that's enough um from there you get all the relevant links and twitter.com slash uncode underscore ai okay beautiful all right well thanks thanks everybody for listening and again thanks philip for joining and we'll talk again soon bye-bye thank you dawson of course Talk again bye-bye Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening. Before you go, if you did enjoy this episode, we'd be honored if you could hop on Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts and give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. Also, check out our sponsors and the links provided in the show notes for some great discounts on products. Sign up for our newsletter at compoundhp.com. And if you have any questions, comments, or even if you just want to complain about my personality flaws, you can email me directly at dalton at compoundhp.com. Would love to connect with all of you. Until next time, be happy, be healthy.